Hey, I'm Justin, and welcome to the Diabetic Podcast. On here, I talk all things diabetes tech, news, management, and beyond with industry leaders, educators, and those living with diabetes. Today is a special episode for Pride Month. I've always felt like there is a relationship between being proud of my type 1 diabetes and having pride for being gay. Neither of these were choices, and both make me different from many of my peers. And I thought that that was a, an important discussion to have. To discuss the relationship of the two and how people can show their diabetes pride and support for others, I spoke with Alicia Downs. Alicia is a registered nurse and certified diabetes care and education specialist. After six years of misdiagnosis, she was diagnosed as type 1.5 LADA. Same as me. She was 26 years old at the time and found a passion for helping people find their empowerment with diabetes management. Before we get into that, I want to also let you know that I'm raising money for The Trevor Project, an organization that provides services to the LGBTQ community. I've thrown a link to that fundraiser in the description. Also, I am going to the ADA's scientific sessions this week, and I'm reporting all of the big diabetes news announcements and technology from the event. So keep an eye out for all of this content on my YouTube channel and my socials. Plus, next week's episode of the podcast will be all about the ADA's announcements. Keep in mind that anything you hear on today's podcast or any of my other social media or YouTube channel is not medical advice. Always consult with your physician before making changes to your healthcare. All right, let's get into the discussion. Alicia, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm really excited to talk about this topic with you because I know both you and I have been on these journeys together and I just, I'm really excited to talk about this uh, for Pride Month, so thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Justin. I'm always excited to tag in with our community, uh, my LGBT community, my diabetes community, any community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So first I want to start with diabetes pride. To you, what is diabetes pride? For me, pride, diabetes pride is living your best life, living life to the fullest, living life with no restrictions put on you by anyone else. So living life really on your terms, beautifully, visibly, uh, you know, openly so that other people can connect with you. Um, and so that's going to look a little different for so everybody. For some people, it's big and loud. And for some people, it's, it's small and quiet and very kind of one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but it's just life on your terms and and that visibility yeah that kind of almost covered my next question which is like how do you show your pride your diabetes pride and like i think one way that i do that is when i go out i try to almost in some ways flaunt my technology or you know have my cgm or pump in certain areas of my body where or, and not being afraid of wearing like a tank top and really showing it off and maybe even dressing it up with like I have a sticker on right now, this like little um, gay flag on it that, uh, you know, that I love, like I'm excited to wear for Pride Month. And I want people to ask about it because I am proud of who I am and where I've come and I want to educate other people. And I think the more proud I am, the more proud people are of me and also possibly 
the more proud other people could be about their diabetes, you know, kind of spreading that diet, that, that pride. How else do you think that people could show their diabetes pride? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I am a natural born 11. So like I am a, I'm a freak flag waver by nature, but not everybody is. Um, and so really being aware of that and being kind of, kind of open and supportive of everybody is really important. Um, a lot of people that I love, the people that I admire are the people who show their pride really by just living really in a healthy way. Maybe not, you know, they don't have the sub six A1C, 95% in range or all that, but they just live like with a balance and a peace and a self-assurance and empowerment in their diabetes management. And then they're just open they're open to the conversation. They're open to helping others. They're open to, to maybe being an advocate for someone else or connecting someone with their needs on that one-on-one -on -one level. So it's that like that quiet, still quiet pride that is also really strong. Cause that's like, there's the big loud pride that's going to like draw crowds to a community and crowds of awareness. And then there's that still quiet pride. That's like the glue that really bonds people together. And that's also really important. And everywhere in between, you know, some people really get into connecting with legislators and their Congress people through writing or through meetings or town hall meetings, and they, they really activate their power that way. Some people are really engaged with research and supporting research and taking part in clinical trials and that kind of thing. So it's really just like finding what in you resonates with your experience and where you have that skill set and then just again making that giving that power giving that openness making it visible and accessible to others that's what pride is you know, I, I love that and you know what i think um is also something that a lot of listeners may be wondering a lot of parents is how can parents create an environment for their children where they can feel pride about their diabetes. Because a lot of kids are very uncomfortable and I know a lot of parents worry about being too overbearing. Um, but I, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. This is tough. I mean, I'm a person with diabetes. In my family, I'm, I'm the one with diabetes, but I'm also a mom. Um, and I think just as a parent, as an adult, as a mentor in a young person's life, we're constantly thinking like, how do I strike the balance between lifting you up to, to be the greatest you you can be and to, you know, give you all your hopes and dreams and all of the, the amazing positivity for the future, but also give you the reality and, and the sort of boundaries to say, this is what you need to do to be healthy. This is what you need to do to be wise. This is what you need to do to be safe. And that's really tough, you know, because like, I want my kid to believe he's Superman, but I also don't want him jumping off the garage. So it's like, yeah. that balance, like, so as a parent, you want your kid to know you, you live life without bounds. Diabetes is a feature of you, just like your hair color, just like your last name. It is a piece of you that you didn't necessarily have any choice in and that may not always be popular and that sometimes you might, might, not, might not gel with. Sometimes it might not be comfortable, but it's a piece of you and that it's part of that superpower in you 
that there are all these positive attributes that go with it. But just like any superhero, you got to train it. Like you can't just fly off the handle or you're Superman just jumping off the garage. Like we got to train this. We got to make sure it stays in a healthy bound too. Um, really making sure that your language of diabetes stays positive, that it's not good, bad blood sugars, that it's not, oh, we messed that one up. Oh, this, this food's always a disaster. Oh, you've got this. That's going to be a nightmare, you know, to wrap it around like, wow, that's going to be a challenge. This is definitely going to be suboptimal. Wow, this blood sugar is going to get tough, but it's probably going to be worth it. You know, those kinds of positive reframings um, and always focusing on the strength, not the problem. Um, even if there is a legitimate problem, like my kid won't tell me that he's eating. So his blood sugar always goes to 400. Like, ah, like focus on the strength. Um you know, but your resiliency, the way we bounce back, like, yeah, you hit 400, but man, we are on it and we get it down quick. So let's just take that strength and build it like one more. Um, and looking for every victory. Um, we unfortunately are a culture that we're like, oh, you showed up. Here's your participation award. Woo we like celebrate the empty victories, but we don't celebrate the really powerful ones. We don't celebrate when a kid comes back from a scary low without a complete and utter, you know, emotional breakdown. We don't celebrate when a kid handles a bully in a really compassionate and mature way. You know, we need to celebrate the real victories in life and let kids know that that we see them. That was a wonderful a wonderful answer. And so now I kind of want to get into the relationship between diabetes and being part of the LGBTQ community in the sense of everything from like coming out and being open and uh, being proud. So in many ways, I think me going through the coming out experience back when I was 16 has made me such a stronger person because I really just had to come out of the shell and present myself to everyone I loved and, and hope for acceptance. And in many ways, I received that. Not everyone's so lucky, but even just that fear and overcoming that fear and obstacle and, and coming out made me a stronger person. And I think it's part of the reason why now, I was only diagnosed two years ago, why since I've been diagnosed that it's been such an important thing to me to be very open about having diabetes. If I go to a party and I'm running a little low and I'm meeting someone for the first time, I've, I've actually said, I'm like, hey, it's so great to meet you. I'm actually, I'm, I have diabetes. I'm having a little bit of a low right now. So I can't really totally have a conversation <laughs> right now. Um, it makes me feel more comfortable to say that. I'm not going to every party saying like, hey, I'm gay. But just living my authentic life and being open and honest, I think is important to me. What would you say you think are kind of the similarities between the two in, in that way? Yeah, I think, like you said, the resiliency, um, it's one of the things I love. I always say like people with type one, like you either learn to bounce or you don't make it. Like you really do. You learn to take a bounce in life. And so then when life throws us other things that would have otherwise knocked someone else down or, or at least knocked them down for a while, people with type one, we kind of just weather it better. We're just kind of like, oh yeah, that happens. That's, that's kind of how life rolls. Like, have you not learned that? 
Uh, we lo- we're looking at our peers like, really? That's not how like just Tuesdays go for you? Um, and I think going through that struggle in as, as a person with, you know, whether it's sex, your sexuality or your gender or your, you know, anything about your identity. Again, diabetes is part of our identity. It touches every single part of our life. So it really does become part of our identity. It's not like, like I have plantar fasciitis, but I don't like identify as a person with plantar fasciitis. I identify as a person with diabetes because it touches so much. But there's that like, that struggle of who am I? How, what does this touch? What does it not touch? And kind of just figuring all of that out. How deep does this go? How shallow does this go? How deep do I let it go? There are so many questions that we have to ask of ourselves and get real within ourselves before we even make that journey of getting real with other people that it leads, it can lead to a real comfort in self-examination in just looking and, and kind of getting honest with ourselves and other stuff too that can be really so, so healthy. Because when you realize that most people go their entire lives just assuming that they are who they've always been told that they are and they fit the Levi's ad and so they just roll with it. And I kind of go like, oh man, like you missed that amazing like six year time where you couldn't figure yourself out and just spend all this time like digging and ripping into who you were and like sorting through the pieces. you poor thing. Like, so, so there's like a deep gift in there too. And like diabetes, like there's such a gift in what I've learned in there and, and getting to, to, to decide who I am and take an active role in that. Not just like muddling through a label that I was given, like healthy female, great. Like, you know, like, no, you know, what's healthy actually mean? What do I call healthy gender? What's that actually mean? What do I call gender sexuality? What's that actually mean? What am I, what do I call that? Like, what is that actually? Yeah. And I think in many ways, like I've met so many people with diabetes who've had it for so long that they don't identify as some as diabetes. They just have diabetes. And that is Totally okay. I think you and I are different beasts because we were diagnosed later in age that we're like, I have diabetes, I have type one. But some people don't want to be necessarily flaunting it, but they are, they can still be proud of that part of them. And I think the same thing can be said about being part of the LGBTQ community in the sense that you're born that way. Like I was born gay. Did I know I was gay initially? No. Do many children grow up feeling different and knowing that they're different? They do. And I think we've almost come to a point now too in in that community where you don't always have to come out. Like it's just like, here's my, like you just introduced your boyfriend to your parents. You're like, oh, great. Like I think that that, and I think that that's so special. So I think there are definitely like two, more than two, but many different types of groups of people who identify as something or just are something and different ways they show it. And, and we don't always have to come out about these things. We can just be living our authentic selves. And I think that's the most important thing, right? Is just like feeling comfortable with who you are and having the love and support of other people, you know? If there's somebody with pride, you almost don't have to ask. 
Like if you really have pride in something, the people around you who actually matter don't need you to come out about it. Like if I am really proud of my career and what I do for a living, like the people who matter now, if I meet some random stranger on the street, they're going to be like, what do you do? And I'm going to have to be proud and say, I'm a nurse and a diabetes educator. If, but the people that I'm friends with, the people that I'm going to be connecting with relationally, somebody that I'm dating, they're going to know just through interaction with me, they're going to pick it up. It's going to be pretty clear because I'm proud of it. I'm not hiding it. I'm not smothering it. I'm not trying to turn it in internally and be all ashamed of it. Same thing with my sexuality, my gender, my identity. Same thing with my diabetes. Like if you actually care about me, I'm not going to be able to hide this thing. It's going to be, and if I have pride in it, you're going to see it in how I live my life. You're going to pick it up. You're Even if you don't have the language to put around it, you're going to be like, you do a thing where you kind of do, like you kind of look at food and like you look like you're doing something in your head and then you like consult a calculator. Like what is going on there? Like you're at least going to, that conversation is going to happen. You don't have to be like, hi, Alicia, diabetic, uh, gender non-labeled and uh, it's like, you don't have to like have your business card of everything. So many people feel pressured that they have to be like, hi, name, gender, sexual identity, <laughs> health history. Like that's nuts. That's when we all get barcodes. Like <laughs> so we yeah. see humans. just live your life with authenticity. And those who matter will know. And those who don't matter probably don't need to know unless yeah, and- you want them to know and then advertise. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think it also comes down to um, exposure and more and more people have been exposed to gay lifestyles over the years. And that's, I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people have become more accepting. They're like, these are good people. And while we don't need acceptance as people with diabetes, more exposure of what diabetes is, and it, it, which is my goal of educating people with and without it. Um, is is better for the community because then maybe there don't need to be those questions, but there could just be like, oh, are you pre-bol? Like, oh, pre-bolus for that. Like, you know, like I have friends that go up to people with CGMs on and say like, oh, hey, like my friend has diabetes too. Like, I love that you're wearing, that you're showing it off. Like things like that, rather than it being like, what is that? Like more being like, oh yeah, girl, like good for you. So I think that that's great. I want to get into what makes people with diabetes strong because there are so many reasons um, that make us really strong people. What would you say are the reasons? From the moment you start on insulin, you are handed a medication, one of the most dangerous medications in the world, sent out into the wild, largely alone, to figure it out. Meanwhile, every day living with a disease that is actively attempting to end you while going, nope, I think I'm going to use this potentially deadly chemical to battle that force. Like, like mind blowing. Like this is literally the stuff of like Jason Statham movies. Like, like I have to take this chemical every 24 hours or I'm going to die. Like this is literally the stuff they write action movies about. So that is pretty innately badass like i tell patients every day you wake up 
badass. Like you, you nailed it. You nailed something every day you wake up. So take that as a win and don't. And the fact that we don't on day one, get that massive weight put on us and immediately die of the stress just alone speaks volumes to our mental health and coping skills. Like so many people are like, oh, I can't manage my diabetes because I have such bad anxiety because I'm such a head case because I'm so bad at this and I'm so Yo, you got like the most insane diagnosis and the most insane way of managing it on earth, dropped on your head, completely out of the blue, and you kept on keeping on. That is a level of coping and resiliency that the vast majority of the human race will never have to reach. And you with it. Like that is epic strength. And and again, we don't we just don't recognize it. I think because the fear, the fear of the medical establishment is like if we make people aware of this, they're gonna freak out and start like jumping off bridges. <laughs> but it's like, no, like if we're not really aware of that. We also can't really reap the full strength of it. Like we are lifting mountains, but just like yeah. nobody would have said that's I, not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what you what you said like really struck a chord with me because I remember being so afraid about my diabetes, and I just think I've become so much stronger today because of it. But that's also something I try to educate others without diabetes about, which is like. Every meal I eat is a calculated decision. Every time I go on a bike ride, like I need to think about it an hour in advance, ideally. And anyone I hang out with, all the people close to me, kind of have like a really good sense of like my daily um, thought process that goes into it. And they, and they realize like I have this second job and they know what it's like when I'm low, when I'm high. And and I I try to communicate that as much as I can because... I need people to understand. Um, and I think they see how strong I am. And, and I also put content out that shows all these calculated decisions we make. And I notice a lot of people share them and say, this is what my life is like. And I think that's important. I think it's important for people to understand what our lives are like. But I also think it's important for people who have diabetes to understand that it is okay to feel overwhelmed, that Diabetes is a lot of work, and I think my content helps them relate, and, and that's why it's important to me. Now, how can we use this strength for good? Obviously, I am using it in some way, but are there, are there any ways that you think people can use this strength to help others, I guess? Yeah. It's, to me, it's all about community. Um, we're not built to be isolated creatures going through any struggle alone. Um, and diabetes is a struggle. It is a marathon. It is a very, very long run. And anyone who does any kind of endurance activity will tell you, if you do it solo, you're going to fail. But if you do it in a group and you have a group strategy, you have somebody who sets the pace, you have somebody who's really good at keeping up the back end and, and you switch off who's taking the headwind and things like that, you're going to make it a lot farther, a lot better. And, and you're going to win that race. 
Um, so, you know, whether you're the person who goes and starts groups or whether you're the person who just, you know, hops into social media groups and encourages people, um, really sharing that, sharing the victories, finding any place you can plug in to a community or start a community or be a part of a community is huge. Um, even if you think like, that's not me, I'm not a community person. I'm, I'm very much an indoor cat and an, an introverted person. You know, there are pen pal programs where you can literally just like send a card to a random person saying, you did great today. And you can be an amazing, uplifting moment in someone's life. And then that feeds back to you. And then you go like, huh, look at that. I'm an amazing, uplifting moment in someone's life. And then that's an uplifting moment in your life. And it, it cycles. Um, and then, you know, finding ways to, to share that with your non-diabetes community too. You know, take that strength, take that everything that diabetes has taught you and and share it outside. Like you said, let those who don't know diabetes in on your world. You're not an army of one. It takes a village and we're all children. Um, and so reaching out, letting people in. I realized for years I was married with diabetes for 13 years and it took 13 years for me to look up and realize I never let anybody in and, and let them take an actual active role in helping me and to have people that you claim to love and not let them help you in a massive part of your life. Like that's brutal. That's like, you know, claiming to love somebody and not letting them in on a, you know, if you had cancer and you just never told your husband, like, the, like that's nuts. That would be like people, people, the world over would be like, that is emotionally abusive. How could you do that? But to be like, yeah, I have type one diabetes and I just managed it on my own and, and he's not involved is like the norm. So really just let connecting, 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 connecting is, isn't the best way. Yeah. And that kind of takes me to where I wanted to go with community and specifically social media to the, the, I feel like there's so much bad about social media that we talk about, but there's so much good too. And I've been able to find that and harness it. And it's become really important to me. Um, how has social media transformed the diabetes community? You think? Oh my gosh. I mean, we, I can't even imagine where diabetes, I mean, diabetes without the social media media community would probably be more or less where it was when I was diagnosed 15 years ago. Um, and even then the social media community was moving. It was a, a, a burgeoning thing, but it was moving. Um, you know, we had basic pumps. Our CGMs were pretty much useless. We had not had a new medication innovation of any kind for well over 20 years. In, in the type one sphere and even the type two sphere was moving at the speed of slightly thawed molasses. So it wasn't really much. It was people coming together and educating one another. I never learned what I needed to know about diabetes from clinicians. I learned it from chat rooms back in the day and we would tell each other, hey, you got to go read this book. Oh, you're having that problem. You got to talk to this person. He, uh, he knows everything about that. And then we started talking to each other about 
hey, I think this CGM sucks. And somebody else went, yeah, I think so too. And they went, really, I'm a programmer. I do apps. And the other woman said, really, I work in biotech. And they went, and the next thing you know, you've got Night Scout. And then somebody comes along and goes, man, I have this pump that sucks. It seems like I should be able to make it work better. And now you've got a DIY loop. And then you've got the actual manufacturers that look at it and go, holy crap, we better step up our game, you know? <laughs> yep, so yep. Literally, like, people on social media get together and change the face of diabetes management. Um, and then, like, on the social side, I mean, diabetes used to be if you were diagnosed as a kid and you were lucky enough to go to D-camp one week a year, you got to talk to somebody else with type 1 diabetes. Like, ah. Now it's like you don't have to be alone. Like, yeah, we make up 1% of the population, but we make 100% of the Beyond Type 1 website. <laughs> we make 100% of the Juice Box podcast follow, you know. We make 100% of the Diabetech followers, you know. When you make up 100% of the community, boy, all of a sudden you've got power and you've got positivity rolling and you've got change and you've got so much so much just power it's like magical to think about that what it did like and i took whatever they were handed for like 40 50 years and then we've shown up on the on the the scene like in the last 15 and we're like no we want more medicine more technology and if you don't give it to us we're gonna go in our garage (laughs) exactly and i feel like you know, I actually did cover the DIY loop like origin story, which was fascinating a few yeah. episodes ago. And um, it really just shows like the power of community has been around for a while in different forms. They were chatting on different types of chat rooms. And, and now social media has just maybe even blown up the ability to communicate and connect with other people. And I highly encourage people to harness social media for all the good, look into different hashtags like diabetes, type two, type one, hashtag, you know, all these things, and you'll be able to find users and people with different thoughts and opinions on these things. And and that's also how a lot of people have found my content. And I just think it's incredible. And and also our community really has made things happen. Like with DIY Loop, we've pushed the pharmaceutical companies to make better products. As of today, Omnipod just like announced that they're coming out with their iOS app for their pump. Uh, It just happened today. Um, And the fact that like it it, it rather it's it's with the FDA, I believe, like they've they've sent it in. That may have not existed if DIY loop didn't exist, like a lot of these things. So I give so much credit to our community and the strength and power that we have. I mean, we got rings in place to, you know, reduce the power of of pharmacy benefits managers and set caps on insulin prices. Like that is major. That is going to save lives because of community coming together. That wasn't legislators. They they didn't do any of that. It wasn't politicians that did any of that. It was people with diabetes coming together with a, a loud voice because we all came together via social media and via these organizations that we've all joined to make a community. 
Exactly. And you know what? The same thing happened with the gay rights movement and continues to happen today. Fighting for rights and acceptance. It needs to keep on happening. And same with same with diabetes. We need to keep on pushing for insulin for all. Like these fights are never over because as soon as you kind of let go, then the other side kind of pushes back in their own way. So you really can't let go. You need to kind of just keep being proud and showing your pride and and spreading love and understanding and education right what they give us they will try to take it away right so we 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 saw all this movement in lgbtq plus rights and we celebrated and there was pride and there was freedom and there was like a euphoria and a weightlifting but then the minute people sit back the minute we sit back and go oh well things have changed what has changed can change. So whether it's your pride of identity, whether it's your pride of identity as a person with diabetes, that pride has to continue, has to continue to grow, has to continue to be a present active force or what has changed will change again. There is nothing keeping any of these, these pharmaceuticals companies and insurance companies from just building a new thing and just not calling it a PBM or just coming out with new designer insulins and changing like half a molecule, you know? So we have to keep our eyes open. The price of Liberty is eternal vigilance. And that's still true. And that's why we do pride. That's why we have a pride month. That's why there's a, there's an actual concept of communal pride demonstration because we have to keep ourselves aware, not just keeping the community aware of the fact that we are here and we are whole and we are human, but keeping ourselves in remembrance of like, hey, when we let down our vigilance, we're doing, we're going to do ourselves a disservice somewhere. To close things up, I just want to kind of get a little more personal between like you and I. So I want you to kind of think back to your younger self, your, your gender non-binary, that's something you kind of were able to kind of open up about or, or realize about yourself later in life. What would you tell yourself earlier in life um, about how things will become more, um, become better or just more clear to you? Um, I would tell myself that you've grown up in a world where people feel safe by putting labels on everything because they're scared of what could be. They're scared of what could be bad, but they're also kind of scared of what could be good. And so don't feel the need to label. Just just do you. And at some point, someone who's good with words may or may not come up with a label that kind of rubs you the right way. And you go, Hey, that, that kind of feels like me. Um, and then don't get too attached to it. Cause two years later they might change it and you'll go, I'm called a what now? So just, just be you, whether that just connect to that thing in you that is you and just be that. And the world will figure out what they want to call it, and it'll probably never fit. What about when you were diagnosed with diabetes? What would you tell your younger self uh, 
when that happened, how things will get better? Uh, girl, perfect ain't a thing. And control ain't a thing. And you're going to have to let that go. And you're going to have to face a lot of demons to get there. Um, but it's worth it. And the best phrase that you will ever say is, I don't know. And you'll learn to say it with a smile. And you'll, you'll say it when someone asks what a carb count is. And you'll say it when someone asks what's wrong with your pump. And you'll say it when someone asks, so how do you identify? <laughs> and you just look at them and you go, I don't know. Yeah, I think what I would tell my younger self two years ago when I was in the car crying because I thought I'd have to use insulin, I was told I'd have to use insulin for the rest of my life and I didn't understand how I could live a full life with that, I would tell myself that things are going to get better, they're going to get more clear, you're going to learn so much that's going to make you so much more intelligent and you're going to join this incredible community and what you think right now, I'm trying not to get emotional, <laughs> what you think right now is your biggest weakness will actually become your biggest strength and will take you down a path that will completely change your life and your career and your passion and will lead you to today's podcast. <laughs> Alicia, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the show today. This was just this was a really meaningful conversation for me and I'm sure many viewers. And it was just, it was really special. I'm glad we could have this conversation. Me too, Justin. Thank you so much. Uh, sometimes in diabetes world, we talk a lot of clinical stuff and it's really nice to talk about kind of what, what gets the heart beating a little bit. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Next week's episode will cover some of ADA's biggest announcements. So stay tuned for that. I've got a bunch of interviews lined up with Dexcom's CEO. I'm speaking to Medtronic about the InPen and hopefully talking to Freestyle Libre and Beta Bionics as well. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday on podcast platforms plus on YouTube in video form. And I've got videos coming out on YouTube every Friday as well as social media basically daily. Until next time, I'm Justin and I'll tech you later.